Imagine building an organization that provides not just for you and your family, but for the families of hundreds more. A brand recognized as a leader in your field. Why is it that some leaders are able to inspire a team and have a profound impact on our world, while others attempt to beat their teams into submission through micromanagement and managers who, regardless of title, are not leaders, costing their business to lose great talents and resources through attrition and toxic culture, ultimately running a great brand right into the ground? There is something else at play here, and we want to know why. It's your brand. Protect it. Protect it from both the outside and inside of your organization. Welcome to Brandology Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Mosier, alongside co-host David Morrow. We explore great leaders, great brands, and the reasons why they succeed. We also take a look at stories of toxic cultures and the fall of some iconic brands. We'll play brand trivia and interview some of the leading entrepreneurs in today's business world. Thanks for joining us today. Welcome to the episode, and please don't forget to subscribe and follow. Let's begin. Welcome, everyone, to this new episode of Brandology Podcast. I'm your host, David Morrow, along with co-host Mark Mosher. Mark, how are you? Hey, Dave, doing well. Good. How's your day going? Is it going all right? It's, my days are always fantastic, David. Yeah, well, you get to work with me, so it's always <laughs> fun, isn't it? So in today in the studio, we have a celebrated guest, uh, Julie Earhart Graves, and we're excited to uh, speak with her. Julie, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, we're oh, I excited. will say, I will say, I want to tell you, I was a little nervous when you invited me on the to be on the podcast, and you know, I heard your theme of let's talk about, uh, let's talk to and talk about uh, uh, famous brands and their downfall. Right. I was like, okay, do not jinx me, people. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. And so that you know, we're actually changing that yeah. because, <laughs> because I think we were sending the wrong message because it's really about leadership and successful brands. What Mark and I do is we talk about some case studies of famous brands that have fallen and lessons we can all learn from that. And so we changed that in the, okay. like in your intro for this episode, it'll be totally different. Yes. Okay. Yeah, because otherwise it was like the rise and fall of great brands and leaders. And people are right. like, I'm not getting on there. <laughs> I was <laughs> I like, don't. oh, they know something I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I've been invited to the wrong party. Yeah. <laughs> That's excellent. All right. Well, maybe let's let's get started right at the top and um, maybe tell us about you and tell us what you do. Okay. Uh, so I'm president and owner of Worldly Earhart Race Financial Advisors here in Indianapolis. Uh, I'm a financial planner, and uh, what we do for our clients is, you know, I sit down with uh, a client or clients, and we create financial plans. We also offer investment advisory services. So a financial plan, kind of putting it on a, you know, everyday terminology, I will work with clients to, uh, you know, make sure they're, if they're, you know, pre-retiree, make sure they're saving enough for retirement. Do they need to be saving for college? Um, I'll look at tax situations and, and their estate plan and insurance coverages and help them get on the right track for you know the goals that they the financial goals that they've set. Um, we also offer investment advisory for services. You know, part of that financial plan is going to be looking at a portfolio and saying, okay, here's some tweaks you need to make to your portfolio. 
We also offer investment management services because not everybody is a do-it-yourself investor. Some people want somebody to manage their portfolio, so we offer that as well. That's really good. Um, so maybe how did you how did you get started in this line of work? So this has been my career. Um, I started out as a psychology major in college. Got a couple years in. I was a non-traditional college student. So I was working full time with married and uh, you know a daughter and stepchildren uh, while I went to school part time. I was working as an office manager, you know, about halfway through my college career, and I was like, this is it. I know I need to be in business. This is what comes natural to me, feels good, love it. Um, interesting enough, I got a job for the original founder of this firm, Grace Worley, as the office manager. But I knew this is what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to go into financial planning as soon as I heard what it was and what a financial planner does. Uh, so I, you know, continue to work as an office manager until I got my degree and then additional education and, and got my certified financial planner designation and uh, years later bought the firm and now I own the firm. <laughs> that's a really good story. That's, that's really good. So looking back, could you maybe pinpoint one person or an event that kind of inspired you to continue down that path? It was, I think it was more of a general time frame for me. Um, I was working again, you know, part-time or going to school part-time, working full-time. And I had an interview for an office manager, this, the office manager position at this financial planning firm. And a coworker that I worked with at the time um, had gotten her CFP, Certified Financial Planner designation. And so I said, hey, tell me about this financial planning. And so she told me about it. Then I went to the job interview and I was like, that's it. This is exactly what I want. And I know this is gonna sound really corny, but I've, I've talked about this in the past. One of the things I think that um, kind of has come from me, growing up as a child, I didn't feel like I had a lot of security. And, you know, just weird things. It's, you know, childhood, we've all got weird childhood issues and things like that. <laughs> right. And so I didn't feel like I had a whole lot of security, A, and B, I'm the firstborn. So I tend to be, have that firstborn syndrome where I'm fixing everything and taking care of everything and taking care of everyone. Yep. And type A kind of, okay, here's the plan. Now you stick with it. That's <laughs> kind of, yep. I'm a planner. And so um, I think that when I heard about financial planning, it really resonated with me. I was like, I saw financial planning as a way to build security in my life. And I still see financial planning as a way to, to build security in my life and others. Because I know with financial planning, I've got a plan for my investments. I've got a plan for my insurance. I've got a plan for, you know, if I die, I've got a plan if I become disabled. I've got all these plans ready to go, no matter what life throws at me. Hey everyone, Mark and I would like to invite you to listen in on our two bonus episodes, a two-part series on the rise and fall of one of the world's most iconic brands. One man's vision where he recognizes the baby boom even before it was a term that was used. He grew an international business that was worth billions of dollars. In just a few years, it is liquidated in bankruptcy. 
It's not what you think. It's not due to e-commerce or anything like Amazon or other large retailers. Come listen and find out. We promise you won't be disappointed when we discuss the rise and fall of Toys R Us. Well, that's good. That's, that's actually some really good words of wisdom. I appreciate you sharing that. As, you've, as you look back and as you've come up through your career um, within the organization, what are maybe some of the, the some or one of the biggest challenges that you faced? Um, I think that I've, I, A, I've had a wonderful, wonderful mentor in Grace Worley, the original founder of the firm. So Grace brought me on um, and, you know, kind of took me under her, under her wing. She was, she's an awesome person in that she was there when I needed her and she would give me words of wisdom, but she wasn't there to try to, um, you know, make decisions for me. Right. Uh, I, I tend to be an independent person. <laughs> um, again, that firstborn thing, I think. Um, one of my biggest challenges, I think, has been, um, I don't know how to, making sure that I, I cover my bases because now I'm and, and kind of running the business as well as doing my job as a financial planner, I'm going to say that's probably the biggest challenge that I faced is making sure that I have time to not only work with clients because I love working with clients. I love creating financial plans and working in investment accounts and things like that, designing portfolios and rebalancing portfolios. But I also love running the business. I love doing Excel spreadsheets to calculate uh, projections and budgets and all those types of things. So making sure that I have enough time for both things and I do both things well is important. That's great. So Julie, um, we first met when I conducted the uh, cybersecurity training and policy training for your team there. And what I noticed there is people really liked their jobs and they really, they were all, each one of them were passionate about the culture there. Can, can you just explain to us what co company culture type you value and why is that? Yeah, I've got some, uh, some themes that kind of resonate with me. Um, we are an all women firm. And so some people that would, you know, they would go screaming from the door and say, no way I would ever work for an all women firm. There's about 10 of us depending on the time of year, it could be 12. Um, it, not necessarily designed that way, it's just happened over the years. But so one of the issues or one of the things that I hold dear is that when it comes to culture, we're not gonna talk about each other behind your backs. And I, it's just, no, if you have a problem with someone, you either address it directly with them or you come to me, then we go to that person. Yeah. Because I know that I, 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 I treasure good culture and I treasure happy employees. I, and I don't mean this in a bad way. If I lose an, a, a client, it, I, you know, it hurts, but it's not the end of me. I don't lose sleep over losing a client. Right. I lose sleep over an unhappy employee, 100%. I will lose sleep at night because of an unhappy employee. If there's any tensions or anything like that, I value um, employees, I value their input, I want them to love their job and love the company that they work for, so that's very important to me. 
Um, and I also, one of the things that we did years ago, which has been very helpful, I think for our overall culture is we did strengths testing. So everybody coming up with, you know, taking the strengths, I think we did the Gallup uh, strengths test. And so figuring out, well, what are your strengths? What makes you tick? How do you, how do you, you know, how does your brain work? And when, you know, I was able to, A, see my strengths, no, you know, my strengths were no, um, surprise <laughs> to me or anyone else. Um, but, you know, it was very helpful too, to see what other people's strengths were. Um, you know, one person in the, in the firm is futuristic. That's her, her strength. She's always thinking five steps ahead. What can we do? What do we need to change next? It's not, let's just chill for a while. And I like to chill for a while. <laughs> and she's always, let's change this. Let's change that. Let's change this. Let's change that. And so once we had that strengths testing and done, and we all could kind of talk through what we valued and kind of the way we work, way our brain tick it really helped. It really helped uh, to understand where other people are coming from. Hey everyone, Mark and I are really excited about an upcoming episode with author Dr. Rosie Ward. She's a nationally recognized author. She's an entrepreneur, founder of Salveo Partners, and she's going to discuss with us culture change and leading from any position, regardless of title. She has a new book out called Rehumanizing the Workplace. We're going to explore that. We're going to talk about things about being able to lead even in a remote workforce, um, dealing with micromanagers, as well as uh, how introverts can lead. It's a remarkable episode, and we guarantee that you will absolutely find great value in it. So please don't miss it. Uh, and as always, thanks for listening. Now back to our episode. That's kind of, I'm really glad to hear you say that because that's one of Dave and I's uh, shared kind of fundamental core beliefs is that if you bring on the right people and you put the right people in the right seat and you let them do what you've tasked them to do or asked them to do, then that creates the positive culture that really creates its own brand and it just kind of grows and feed on itself. Would you, would you agree with something like that? 100%. Yeah. And, you know, and I tell my employees as well, it's like, you know, I trust you, you make a decision, I'm going to stand behind you. As long as it was a thought out good, you know, decision based on the best information that you had at the time, you make the de bad decision, run with it. I'm going to, I'm going to back you up. I'm going to back you up to a client. I'm going to back you up to a vendor, whoever I'm, I've got your back. And I think everyone here knows that. Um, and so, and values that I will say it's very interesting too. My nature is micromanager. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. So, oh yeah, I could be in on every decision and every spreadsheet and everything like that. But um, I was just but, about to ask about that because that is, that goes against a lot of positive cultures, right? But you, yes. you know, but people that I've talked to at your firm, you're not a micromanager. I, I work very hard not to be a micromanager. <laughs> so, so you contain it is what you're saying, yes. right? Like you keep yes. yourself at bay. Right. Yeah. Yep. And that's that's really a good sign of a strong leader, right? Is anybody that knows what they're doing can just say, just get out of the way, I'll do it myself, right? As opposed to trusting them, letting them do that. And it might not be done exactly the way you would have done it, but the same result occurs, right? And it and it's done in their way. And it's and they put their personality and their spin on it, right? Yes. One hundred percent. It's very interesting too, you know from a you know brandology podcast title 
the one thing that I do tend to get a little more down in the weeds in is, you know, our brand. Um, I'm wanting to make sure that our message is clear, um, where our brand is consistent, no matter who, what we're doing or who's doing it. Um, that's the one thing you ask our marketing coordinator. The one thing that I get a little more, um, you know, hands-on with is, you know, our messaging, our brand. Because it is, it's so important. I mean, that is, that is the business itself. The brand is the business. It is. And especially in a, a financial services firm, you know, they have to know us, our clients have to trust us. It's um, just we like have, an offer. It's just it, like Exactly. It's like we have to make sure that we are, you know, holding ourselves up as high as possible all the time. That's great. What advice would you give to people starting out in the field? In the financial industry, um, I come from a, you know, one of the things about our firm is we don't sell any products. So we work for our clients at an hourly rate. So if I'm doing financial planning, I'm billing at an hourly rate. So if I tell my client, um, you know, Jane Doe, you need a million dollars worth of life insurance or you need ABC mutual fund, I'm not selling it to her. So therefore, um, I, you know, you can rest assured that you're getting unbiased recommendations from me. Again, I'm billing for my time like a law firm would. Yep. Um, on the investment management side, if we're managing the money, we bill based on the account value. So we have incentive to grow your account. Your account goes up, our fees go up, our, your account goes down, our fees go down. So my recommendation as far as our advice for people getting into the industry tends to be centered around that, um, you know, that model of, you know, don't, if you want to go into insurance and insurance sales, go that route. But if ultimately you want to be in, um, you know, fee for service, you want to be a comprehensive financial planner, you're likely not going to want to go into that, you know, sales route kind right. of thing. And so I tend to, as I talk to young, um, young people in the industry, I, as a matter of fact, last week I was on a, a 30 minute phone call with a, a gal who is a, a young student who's at Purdue University in their financial planning degree. So, you know, she heard about us, she reached out and said, can you, you know, talk to me for 30 minutes and, and uh, pick your brain, give me some advice. And so one of the things I told her is, okay, when you graduate, look for the, the job opportunities that allow you, uh, you know, well-rounded, um, if that's your intention, a well-rounded um, service. So again, so doing something like comprehensive financial planning versus, oh yeah, I sell stocks or I sell insurance kind of thing. Right. Sure. How are you promoting leaders within your organization? Like how do you let, I mean, we believe philosophically that people can lead from any position, right? Regardless of title. Um, Mark is a leader in my organization, even though I'm the managing director, he takes the lead on several initiatives. How are you able to recognize leaders and, and, and even though regardless of their title, how do you promote that environment for them? Um, I let employees run with it. I mean, I think that's a lot of what we do here. You know, you're going to have leadership because if you show that you can make great decisions, you can take care of clients, you're not going to drop the ball on things, then by golly, I'm going to, I'm going to say, okay, here's what I'm thinking, run with it. Or you can come to me and say, Hey, here's what I'm thinking. We need to change this or we need to implement that. And I'm going to say, great, run with it. So it's almost like leadership by, 
you know, just fire, throw you in there, go ahead, get going on it. <laughs> um, so we promote leadership. And that's, I think that the great thing is, is that we're a small enough company, again, with 10 to 12 of us that, um, you know, we've got, we've got 10 to 12 leaders. <laughs> that's what we have, that's you know, and, and I, and I think it's, it's part, you know, we've, we've got great people, great fit for the culture, um, with skills and a skill set that includes leadership. They can all be individual leaders and I'm going to let them run with, you know, with most everything, um, until, you know, to their heart's content. That's great. What about as things have changed over the last couple of months for everyone, obviously with COVID, um, how's that affected you guys? Um, it's the good news is, is we were already, I'm going to say 95% ready. So again, one of our, our employees, the futuristic one, she loves it, you know, Rita. So the two of you know her and she's awesome with the cybersecurity and with the it stuff. And so over the years, she had obviously implemented and, and had us so that we can work from home. We've got the you know computer phones that work over your internet. So I can pick up my phone from my office and take it home and plug it in. And it works as if I'm sitting at my desk. Right. Yeah. So we, we had everybody already ready. We had a disaster plan in place. Um, I would say, like I said, we were 95% ready. The 5% was just everybody trying to switch to working at home at one time. Um, you know, getting everything up and going and printers working and all that type, type of thing. There was about two weeks, maybe three weeks where it was a little, it was a little hairy for everyone. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it's been a trying time. So it was, it was kind of interesting too, because it was trying in the event, uh, in the sense that, okay, everybody is switching to work from home right away at the same time and we've got to make sure everybody's um you know computers and, and printers and phones and everything is up and working so that they can be efficient but then in addition to you know things were going crazy in the markets and right. so we were on the phone with their clients where we manage their portfolio and talked to every single client and said okay here's what's going on here's how your portfolio is positioned so that you can weather this you're going to be just fine let's talk how do you feel and you know it, so it was it was a bit crazy there for about like i said maybe three four weeks where we were in the midst of you know reaching out to every single client and getting everybody working officially at home uh but at this point we love it we love working from home our clients are awesome you know they've they've um weathered this great so uh we are quite pleased that's excellent what uh, what kind of initiatives are you working on right now? What's exciting to you right now? Um, uh, this is on a personal note, what's exciting for me is, and I, it's kind of interesting, I turned 50 last year, I'll be 51 in November. And so- Congratulations. Uh, yeah. Don't look at me over 29. <laughs> Thank you. Um, my goal, hashtag life goals, was to work four days a week. And I know, you know, people in their 50s, it's like, you're, you're at the height of your career. Work hard, work more, make more, you know, with that puppy into shape. And I'm going, I want work-life balance. As a matter of fact, that's one of our core values at our firm is work-life balance. And so I really wanted to work four days a week. 
So that's one of the things that kind of um, on my has been on my radar. I've transitioned to this summer, as a matter of fact, um, and so that's what's got me excited is getting to the point where I can work four days a week, and I'm bringing up you know the next generation of financial planners behind me, the next owner of the firm. Um, you know, talk about kind of developing leaders. Uh, you know, uh, one of the financial planners here in the firm, she's younger than me. She's 15 years younger than me. She's awesome. Love her, love her, love her. Um, and she, I look at her and I say, she's the next me. And she says she's the next me. So you know, we're working to develop her, to bring her up behind me, which is exactly what Grace Worley did for me. You right, know, she, exactly. That's, it that's, was that's exactly. That generational transition right. from, 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 brand to brand to brand right that's that's really exciting i see that a lot in law firms so that's wonderful to see so that's kind of on a on a personal level and a professional level that you know from an internal standpoint what what we've got going on and what what makes me excited that's great so um why don't we take a break real quick and we're going to uh play a little trivia Thank you for being a willing participant into our debauchery and our in our meaningless trivia game. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome everyone to Brand Culture Trivia, where the points don't matter, but the brand does. In this segment, we play a trivia game against our guest. I'm your host, Mark Mosier, along with my co-host, David Morrow. David, tell us about the rules and the awesome prizes. Absolutely, the rules are as follows. You get to guess as fast as you can. You get as many answers as you want, and the first one to give the right answer wins a point. The first contestant to three points wins the game. What do you get if you win? Glad you asked. You get 14,684 Brandology bucks. What is that worth? Those are absolutely worthless, but we might send you a sticker for playing. So let's get started with brand culture trivia. David, why don't you spin the wheel of trivia and see what our first question is? All right, here I go. It is a heavy, heavy wheel. All right, we are here for uh, brand culture trivia, and this is the very first question. Um, let me see which one are we going to do. We're going to take the spin the wheel, and uh, let's see how it looks. Um, question one: mm-hmm. What company hired director Ridley Scott to film a commercial? that only aired one time on TV during the 1984 Super Bowl. Wow. What company hired director Ridley Scott to film a commercial airing one time on TV during the 1984 Super Bowl? Is it Coca-Cola? Close, but no, but you can guess again. Ford. See? <laughs> nope, nope. Seven. Okay, I'm gonna call it Apple. Do you remember Apple's 1984? Huge ad. It was one of the um, best uh, commercials ever generated. Uh, it was where they announced the Macintosh. It was their. It was it was it was their very first one. Okay, here's a easier one. 
Who's the mascot for Fruit Loops? Who is the mascot for the cereal Fruit Loops? Oh, Toucan. That's right. Toucan. Ah. He has a point. It is one to nothing. Mark, if you had a thousand times as many points right now, she'd still be winning. Yes. <laughs> All right. Um, here, I'm going to find another one because I had a couple really, really good ones. Um, what slogan was first used way back in 1963 to advertise Lucky Charm cereal? It's still used today. They're magically delicious. Yes, it's too nothing. <laughs> I've had my fair share of Lucky Charms over the years. <laughs> or at least the marshmallows. I eat the marshmallows. Right, yeah, the marshmallows. <laughs> M&M's M&M candies. This is question number three. M&M candies. We all love them. We like them plain or with peanuts, right? M&M candies, they were first sold way back in 1941. What does M&M stand for? Mars and Mars? Nope. I don't have it. <laughs> it's, That's a hard it's actually the two founders, believe it or not. It's Mars, good guess, Mark. Mars and Murray. Murray, okay. Yeah. Okay, let's keep going. Uh, Merchandise 7X, that's the name. Merchandise 7X is the secret ingredient in what soft drink? 7-Up? Nope. <laughs> Pepsi. Nope. Dr. Pepper. Nope. Great drink. Nope. Julie, name a soda. Coca-Cola. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Three to nothing, and it's a landslide. Uh, so Mark, merchandise 7X is the secret ingredient. See, Mark, thank you for letting me win. I don't know. I was, I was trying to Google a couple of those. That wasn't, uh, that wasn't all gifted. I mean, there's just some things that, that we just don't, uh, that we all kind of learn from, right? So that's kind of the whole, that's kind of the whole point of all of that. So thank you for playing. Uh, obviously, you can enjoy your 14,654 Brandology bucks. We will ship them over to you in a big wheelbarrow, and uh, you can spend them over at our Brandology store. It's okay, sounds good. It's very exciting. So getting back to the uh, getting back to our discussion, let's circle back. Um, let me ask you this: What's your favorite place that you've ever traveled to, and why? Uh, my favorite place is probably Australia. My daughter uh, in her, I believe it was junior year of college, did a five month study abroad in Australia. So my husband and I showed up uh, the day after she got done with classes and we did a couple of weeks uh, in the Eastern part of, of Australia. Oh, that's wow. great. Well, what did you love about it? What is it about it that, that makes it your favorite? Um, we spent a good, oh, close to a week in Tasmania. So the island off the southern coast of, of mainland. And it was gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. The just rolling hills, beautiful green pastures, really cool, um, uh, you know, plant life, animal life, just so different from what we have here in the US. Uh, on top of all of that, we ended up uh, going up to the northern part um, and snorkeling the Great Barrier Reef. So that was a bucket list thing for me. I always wanted to snorkel the Great Barrier Reef, so we got to do that. That would be cool. That's that's definitely on my bucket list as well. Yeah. That's so awesome. with everything you've done, I'm, thank you very much for sharing all of your, your insights, your words of wisdom, your story, you know, from 
part-time psych major and mom to office manager to where you are today. Um, with all that you've achieved, what's, what's the future look like? Um, what's the future look like? With COVID, I'm not really sure, but... <laughs> <laughs> Kind of a big variable, yeah. yeah, I think that, you know, kind of from a, a, a firm standpoint, you know, I, I anticipate that we will continue with this more, um, you know, working from home uh, setup, even, you know, once we get through COVID and those types of things, I, I really envision that working out. I think clients are enjoying the virtual meetings. It's going great. So I see that. I, one of the things that we did uh, eight or nine years ago was we also started a tax company where uh, we have a CPA on staff and we do taxes for our clients and for non-clients as well. And so we've, we've been able to kind of build out our brand or brands and our services. And I've been really excited about kind of where we've gotten that and so what excites me now is bringing up the next generation, you know, the younger financial planners, the younger um, leaders in the firm to take this. And again, as I, you know, hashtag life goals work four days a week, um, I'm looking for to others to kind of say, okay, well, how do we now take it to the next level? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. That's like, so how are you doing? Like what steps are you taking to make that become effective? Well, a, a lot of it is um, training, sitting down with and mentoring. Um, if you know, I know one of the questions that you asked me earlier, if I had advice to, you know, a younger person coming into this industry, and you know, and I kind of gave you my answer, but also my advice, and the advice that I try to live by is get a mentor. And so I want to mentor the ladies that work here to bring them up into more leadership roles and to grab their ideas and run with them. Um, and I encourage others, get a mentor, find somebody that's at a place where you say, you know, someday I want to be there, or this person has a skill set or a level of knowledge that I don't have. I want to, you know, work with them to pick their brain and, and get guidance from them. So mentors, um, and being a mentor and, you know, and being a mentee are so important. Those roles are so important for anyone in leadership, anyone who wants to be a leader or anyone who wants to be a future leader. That's good. That's, That's really good words of advice. Well, as we kind of wrap up here and thank you again for all that you've shared with us. I know the, the listeners have found a lot of value in what you've had to say. Um, I always kind of like to end the, uh, the cast with a, question that the listeners really enjoy and it's just a more on a personal thing though like as a little girl growing up what did you want to be uh, you know I, I suspected that you might answer that or you <laughs> might ask me that question and my answer is I have no idea I have no <laughs> really? idea what I wanted to be no and it's kind of interesting I really envy those people who grew up knowing what they wanted to do I envied those people because I had no idea I got interested in psychology um, in high school and, you know, maybe 11th grade, junior year. Uh, I took a, you know, a couple of psych classes and thought that was really cool and interesting. And so that was the reason why I chose a psychology major for college is because of those high school classes. But even then, I still didn't know what I wanted to do with that. So um, 
you know, what did I want to be when I grew up? I had no, no idea. idea. <laughs> no Fair idea. Yeah. Yep. But yeah. all I, I can tell you, I, I found it. Uh, it is one of inter interesting things as well. Um, there is a psychologist that coined the term flow. So flow is you getting, a person getting into a state where they basically kind of, everything else falls away to the life. Whatever's going on in their life, whatever's even right in front of them, they're not paying attention. They're so engrossed in this task or in this um, activity that they're doing that, you know, they lose track of time. They don't know what's going on around them. And again, he's coined this term flow. Financial planning is my flow. I love it. I absolutely love it. I can't tell you how often that I come, I'm in a meeting with a client or clients and we're going through and we're making plans and we're talking about different areas of their life, either investments or insurance or saving for retirement or job changes or whatever it is. And, or I'm working on a plan for someone and I'm rebalancing the portfolio and I get done and I look up and it's light outside. So I know it's daytime, but I can't remember if it's morning or afternoon. And so it's this, I know I didn't know what I wanted to do as a child, but I know what I'm doing now is this, this was what I was meant to do. That's great. That's excellent. That's excellent. What, uh, let us just ask you as we wrap this up, what, uh, what questions would you have wanted us to ask or what questions um, could we have asked you that you would like to share with the audience? Um, you know, I'm not sure there are any questions that I, I wanted you to ask me. I was a little nervous. <laughs> Great. So, but I knew that we'd talk about, you know, brand and kind of culture and things like that. Yeah. So that was, I was excited to get to talk to, about that because I think that, um, you know, especially the culture and the brand, you know, brand is what is, you know, going to, um, you know, we're going to stand behind this. This is us. Our brand is us. And so we've got to make sure that we hold that brand up all the time. And our culture is, in, in any firm, the culture is so important. And I know oftentimes the culture starts at the top. Yeah. And so if, if that's me, I've got to make sure that I put time and energy into creating a good culture. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not saying I'm perfect, but boy, we sure try around here to make sure that we've got a good culture. That's excellent. That's excellent. Well, thank you so much for your time today. This has been wonderful. Thank you. No, we absolutely appreciate it. Mark, do you have anything? No, no. I'm going to have to go back and listen. You had some really good insight. I was trying to write down. I'm going to have to go back and uh, write that down and digest that. No, thanks for sharing. That was really good. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you so much. Hey, David, that was another great episode. We tend to post one or two a week. Uh, unfortunately, don't really have a way of wrapping this up. No, uh, no, we really don't have anything formal or fancy or technological. Um, thank you for listening. Please follow and subscribe. Turn notifications on so that when we post the next episode, you will be notified of the new content. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We really appreciate it. Everyone, thanks for listening. 